Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. As always, it's me, Henry Chisholm, but we have some special guests today. First, Ted Chalfin. That's definitely how you, you say it. You got it right I on never the first said try. Oh, well, you took it out of your like Twitter name. I did. I'm, I'm super incognito now. I'm just a bear who loves the taste of Sun Country What does the ghost of Marv mean? <laughs> Marv Thronberry was a Denver Bears great who was also one of the worst Major League Baseball players to receive major playing time ever. He played on the 62 Mets, the worst baseball team in modern history. And uh, he became kind of a folk hero. Oh. Um, but he was a great Denver Bears player. And then and, he died? Uh, he died six okay. months before I was born. Oh. Okay, let me just ask you That's this. That's Ryan, by the way. That's Ryan Koenigsberg. Oh, yeah, I'm here too. If... Marv Thornberry. Thornberry, please. Sorry. <laughs> He's the king. <laughs> He's a throne. Thornberry. If Nigel <laughs> yeah, Thornberry exactly. was a buff, who would he be? Like a current buff that's on the team? No, or an no, no. Buff? Any buff you can think of that was so bad, but received a lot of playing time. That was so... Well, I mean, boy... <laughs> You know, and there's been a lot. There's been a lot. There's been a lot to choose from in in, re- in recent years. I don't want to. I don't want to step. I don't want to step on any toes that are. Step too on recent. some toes. We love. We we love stepping um, on toes. Marv Thron. Well, well, Marv Thronberry would be like if if Sam Neuer was the starting safety oh, and played we've every seen. snap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's basically the equivalent career that he had. But at the minor league level, he was he hit in the thin air here. He hit like 40 home runs a season when he played here. Oh. But He's great in the minors. Didn't translate. Yeah, it's like it's like if you're like kind of a good quarterback, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to work out as the safety just because you got a targeting penalty on a guy one time. <laughs> I love it. I okay. said I didn't want to step on any toes, and now I'm going to get killed. <laughs> I was thinking of Jordan Webb. <laughs> no, Jordan Webb oh. would be good. That's a good one. That was a year that a lot of people got playing time that should never have gotten. Wasn't Didi Goodson playing defensive back that uh, year? Oh, yeah. yeah. Against USC. What a great transition. <laughs> I obviously haven't been around long enough to contribute anything to this conversation because... I will not step on the toes of current <laughs> players no. and ruin those relationships. But uh, that was fun. Uh, and here we go. Uh, That's my Twitter handle. That's the story. For, for those of you guys who don't know, Ted Chalfin, former BSN buffer. Correct. Uh, yep. You may remember him. Also, obviously, on Twitter. The one year that I that I worked for them, that's, there's a correlation there. It was 2016. Wow. There you go. <laughs> and now he's back. We wrote some amazing stories that year. It like, was a special year on a lot of front. We did some incredible content because there was just so many awesome things happening all at once. And like Ted and me and Allie and Jake were all just like trying to romanticize this like incredible thing that was happening mm, in front it, of our yeah, eyes. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of mm. very, very sentimental journalism going yes. on, but it was good writing. We could have done a book out of it, I believe. If they had won a Rose Bowl or something, we probably would have. Yeah, yeah. I still have my Brian Howell, The Rise book. It did go down in flames. <laughs> like everything CU related. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sorry, guys. I am a fan. Yeah. 
In case you haven't been following along with Ted, he now works for NFL Network. He's a producer, editor, a lot cooler than, at least cooler than me, maybe not Ryan. I don't know. I'd rather have your job. Oh, really? Yeah, I love. I, I think I would love what you do. Work on a swap But later. I don't, have the, I don't have the ability to grind like that. Eh. That's what I respect about guys that are on beats. I, I like to write the glamorous features. I can't go do quote stories. Mm. I should okay. tell you about the project I'm working on before we uh, leave here. Okay. Oh, you'll, you'll enjoy oh not on the podcast. No, no. Okay. We're just going to tease that. Yeah, it's a great project. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about Steven Montez to get things kicked off here uh, because there are a lot of takes that you can have about Steven Montez. Uh, he looked really good, and then he looked bad, and apparently that's what he's always done for as long as he's been here. Uh, Ryan, you want to share your, uh, your thoughts I feel like I've done this take like on BSN Buffs podcasts and uh, you know other Buffs podcasts I've been on about various different quarterbacks, but it's it's this simple to me. Look, I've I've had to come back a little bit off of my uh, love for Steven because he clearly isn't playing well. But for the people out there who utter the sentence, "It can't get any worse," <laughs> you can't get any more wrong. It can <laughs> always Let get it turn. worse. It can always get worse. Like, I don't know how to explain to you the fact that if it couldn't get any worse, the coaches would do it. But there's a very specific reason that Steven Montez is the starting quarterback. And to be completely and frankly honest, with no disrespect to Tyler Lytle or Blake Sentrum, they aren't even close. They aren't even close. To the point where this coaching staff has directed Steven Montez very sternly to get out of bounds, get down, and don't take hits. Because they believe if Steven Montez were to get injured, and, and I guess this goes you know earlier in the season more, it does. but if he were to get injured early in the season, the season would be over. So if you're out there saying, just play the other guy, change for change's sake, you're insane. You got This is what you got. And if you want to be mad at anything, be mad at McIntyre and his staff for not recruiting a quarterback who can even come close to Steven Montez, despite Steven Montez's many flaws. Yeah. It's too bad that um, Lytle hasn't been what a lot of people were. Again, we haven't seen him hardly in games, so it's hard to judge. But based on the fact that he hasn't really competed for the starting job, a lot of people were very excited when he was when he was brought in. But I think everybody uh, knows that person, or maybe you were that person that was calling for Jordan Gerke to get reps over over Sefo uh, Lufau uh, mm-hmm. when Sefo was having his struggles, and he certainly had struggles his first couple of seasons. Um, but it, the grass is not always greener. We're watching right now the Washington Redskins on TV, and uh, they have a quarterback situation where they just – somebody's playing bad, they just throw somebody else in there, and there's no plan. And it's basically they figure – And, and an Dwayne Haskins just threw an interception. Speaking. Basically, they think that – they romanticize the idea of whoever's not playing by thinking that they couldn't possibly be worse, and that's not always the truth. It's, it's never the truth. No. Because no. <laughs> there's a reason that the starter is the starter and the backup is the backup. And unfortunately for the Buffs, it's a lot more vast than a lot of places. Yeah. Um, but the, the difference is discernible. And from the sources I've talked to within the program, there is a very strong feeling that next year's quarterback isn't here. And that's the number one reason why I have no interest in playing anyone else. We're because, not learning. Because it's not as if you're saying, hey, punt on the season. It's time to, get, it's to start the Lytle era. No one inside the program is, is thinking about the Lytle era even being an option. So the people that are in the program are saying, 
Okay, well, Steven still gives us the best chance to win, and I promise you if you're listening to this, Steven Montez gives you the best chance to win tomorrow. He gives you the best chance to win next week. He will give you the best chance to win this year. But those same people are saying, and after that, we either have Brendan Lewis coming in or we're going to get ourselves a grad transfer. And and I think it'll probably end up being a grad transfer for next year. They are very high on Brendan Lewis. Probably you don't want to have to throw in a, a, a true freshman if you don't have to. But the it can't get worse is just a very uneducated thing to say. It is. And like even if it couldn't get worse, very obviously it could get better. And that's only going to happen with Steven Montez. Like there is no reason to think you know, this isn't the NFL where there's value in losing games, where you can move up in the draft. You know, all these different things that come along with it. In college football, you have to win to progress. Like, it's just slowly building and building and building because the, the number one thing right now, if you think that a bowl is out of the question, is not letting this be another three-win season so that recruits see this as, you know, a toxic dump. It's Colorado football. It is what it's been for 15 years. If they can get up to four wins, five wins, six wins – Anything they can do is going to help them down the road. Winning is important. And sure, like getting another guy reps, getting a young guy reps, that'd be worth it. But I totally agree. These aren't going to be the guys going forward. You don't need to see what you have. You don't need to develop them. We saw we saw what we have. We saw Tyler Lytle get broken on one play. And yep. then we saw Blake Sensor throw a pick on the very next play. Like, if there was ever anything I needed to illustrate my point that it can get worse. You saw it, it right before so your eyes, worse. right there at, at the end of last game. Uh, the, the other thing there is we can have an honest conversation about Steven Montez. It doesn't, you know, we can say it can't get any better with someone else while also criticizing Steven. He clearly has uh, an issue with the second half of the season. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's he loses trust in his offensive line or he just wears down yep. or what it is or he just can't play in cold weather. I mean, that which could, is a fascinating Brian Howell tweeted out yes, the he results did. of the recent cold weather games. And I think it was interesting when I was thinking back at what are my best Steven Montez memories. They're all in September. Yep. The Oregon game in 2016, September, the Nebraska game last year, September, the Nebraska game this year, September. Every time he's really gone off on a Undefeated team. Undefeated against CSU all in September. Yeah. Every time he's really gone off on a team, it's been beautiful outside. And uh, in October and November, the odds of that happening start to go down. And I think you can see pretty clearly that his performance has declined uh, just along with the weather. It'll be fascinating to me. The weather's not going to be that bad on on Friday night. It's supposed to be kind of a lull before a snowstorm comes in on Saturday. Um, But down the stretch, if he can't turn that around, this team's not going to win maybe any more games. But the only chance they have to win any more games is for him to be the Steven Montez that we've seen when he's been at his best. There's no other way that this team is going to win football games because they're going to have to score 35 or 40 points at least if they're going to beat most of these teams. It was, have, have you asked him, has anyone asked him, do you feel comfortable playing in cold weather? I don't think so, but What's I can say, say I, can, I know he's not going to say no, yeah. but I wonder if he would say, you know what? I can one thing say or the that, other that would give us a tip. Last week, heading into the Washington State game, he mentioned the weather. He did say, like, yeah, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's been pretty nasty out there the last couple times they've been out there. And somebody said it's supposed to be 41 degrees and rainy. And uh, he just looked up, paused for a second, said, well, that's just fantastic. 
<laughs> so, so I mean, uh, I don't, there's, yeah. there's kind of your answer right there. I don't think any quarterback is excited to hear that it's going to be 41 degrees and rainy, but it feels like every time they go into Pullman, we're like, ooh, the weather's going to be bad. Maybe that'll slow down the air raid, and then they score a bunch of points anyway, and we don't score any. Yep. <laughs> Why does it always feel like the Buffs are playing in the conditions and the other team is playing in a dome? Oh, it just doesn't make sense. Like, even going all the way back to Utah last year, it was like a, it was dumping snow. Yep. And it just felt like they were just operating their offense normally while we were like playing in gloves. They had like one, we just had like one fumble early where I was like, oh, it might get weird. And then they just totally methodically destroyed us. Anyways, Ugh. Steven has to be better. Like yep. point blank period. Uh, I've been someone who has been high on his NFL stock. He can't afford another collapse. No. Uh, or, or his NFL stock is going to dip. Uh, very severely scary yeah. scary low to the point of maybe undrafted and, yep. and where i thought he had a chance to be honestly as high as a second round pick at one point um now he's in the late he's a day three guy he Probably, can play his way back yeah. into day two i think and he can also play his way right out of the draft he just so needs to show something he needs to have some sort of response to this because this is now multiple years in a row three this could be three years in a row yep where he just completely falls off in the second half of the season and that is uh that will set off some serious alarms for nfl teams so look we it, it doesn't have to be one or the other it doesn't have to be you're either a steven montez defender and you love everything he's doing uh or he needs to be benched the truth is it's somewhere in between the truth is he cannot be benched and that's not even an option play a lot better uh, yeah, I mean, Steven, it's definitely not just conditions. Part of it's mental, and it feels like he has a threshold for frustration where early in the season he's able to throw the ball away, but if a game is starting to go bad like we saw in, in the Oregon game at the end of the first half, he's it's third down, he's mad that they're going to have to kick a field goal, so what does he do? He tries to force a throw, and it ends up getting intercepted. Should have been caught. There, yes, but it should, it's a throw that arguably shouldn't have been made yes. in that situation. <laughs> um, and I, it just seems like I've seen it multiple times where you can tell at a certain point he gets fed up having nobody to throw to and tries to make something happen when it's not there. And it feels like to me like over the last couple seasons that happens more often as the season goes along. Maybe it's because they're down in games more because they played better in the non-conference. I don't know, but it's something that I've observed. And also just throws like the one he had off his back foot in the first half um, <sighs> that got intercepted. Where the moment it, in the Washington State game, where the moment it left his hands, I was like, pick. Like Why you, did he you float can just see that. that so yeah, much. it just doesn't but make you sense. You can't do that. Like that. Those are certain things that that's that's like a decision that he made, and those are decisions that he has to not make if he's not only going to play at the next level, but if he wants to win more than you know zero more games the rest of this season and as much as it's mental i think a lot of it's emotional as well like sometimes it looks like something happens to him all of a sudden like a couple things go the wrong way and he just can't get yeah his head back to where it was early on as soon as you hit you know maybe maybe there's a, some pass rushers maybe all these things he just doesn't respond to that always the way you want to like sometimes it looks like he's out there just fine like he's battling through he'll take a hit he'll keep going but you just need more of that. Like, that's what being an NFL guy is. Here's what I want to hear from you guys. I think it's fair to say this is the most talented offense CU has had in many, many years. I don't want to get into the weeds on how many years it's been. I can promise you somebody will say you're wrong, having been on this podcast. <laughs> what? 
in your opinions, and I'll give mine after, what is your what in your opinion is holding this offense back? There's no excuse for scoring what's well, ten points. There's no excuse for scoring ten points against Washington State. I think that's a good question. Uh, I think that you can point the blame in a bunch of different directions. Obviously, some of it relies on just about everybody. You know, you look at LaVisca. Sure, he's been hurt, but he hasn't lived up to the standards. He doesn't look like the same guy he was last year. Maybe it is just because all the injuries are getting to him. Who knows? But but he isn't the same guy. KD, same thing. Like, he is just not producing the way he did. Steven Montez is missing throws. But just as much as any of the players the play calling has been really disappointing. And and Mel Tucker defended Jay Johnson this week, saying that he's appreciated the play calling. He thinks that he's doing the right thing, getting the balance. But there were so many times, and on this podcast, I've been screaming, saying, "You you having LaVisca on the field doesn't just create mismatches all over everywhere else. It doesn't just create space out of nothing. You have to use him. You have to force the defense to go over there, and then and then when they overcorrect, or even just correct, you don't have to overcorrect. Then everybody else is open, and that's when you get to use them. And we haven't seen them consistently take advantage of the one-on-one matchups. When the running game is working last week, we don't see them running the ball when they have the opportunity to. It's it's just all over. Like Steven Montez, he's had trouble running the system recently, looked great early. The receivers, I think, take some of the blame. I think the offensive line and the running backs, they've done everything you could have asked them to do going into the season. They've certainly Those two position groups have certainly been, I wouldn't say as good. They've been way better than advertised this yeah. season. Um, I think, for me, a lot of it comes down, it's it's a mix of, of not only play calling, but sort of lack lack of a killer instinct in finishing drives. And it's hard when we criticize them for going away from the run when they're in the red zone. But in the fourth quarter of the Arizona game in the red zone, they tried to run it on first and second down from the three, and they got stuffed. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's had any impact on any future decisions, but sometimes you do the right thing and it doesn't work out for you. But one way way around. Yeah, one way or another, they've been failing to put not only seven points on the board, but, you know, they failed to get three points out of their opening possession, which they shouldn't have gone for that field goal. Um, They've been less aggressive than I'd like them to be on fourth and short, especially in games where you know you're going to have to score a lot of points. But also, you end up scoring fewer points in games where you're trying to come back, and you do end up going for touchdowns instead of field goals or taking risks. That's a very easy way to leave points on the board because you're taking risks that you wouldn't ordinarily take. When you look at the number of yards that they had in that game, they should have scored at least 21 points in that game. Um, so to me, it mostly comes down to execution. They haven't moved the ball as well as they, as they should have, but when you look at the drives they had in the Oregon game and the Washington State game, the fact that they scored 13 points combined in those two games is absolutely laughable to me. Uh, so I think everything you guys said uh, was spot on. But to me, it does come when Steven Montez is underachieving, LaVisca Chanel is underachieving, Katie Nixon is underachieving. Over the last few weeks, Tony Brown is underachieving. You can point to all these guys, and I just don't think that's all on a personal level. I don't think each one of those guys is personally underachieving as much as I don't think the play calling is unlocking them. Um, Jay Johnson was off to a really hot start. I mean – like the you know he was getting all sorts of praise after the the flea flicker, flea flicker. against Nebraska, oh, which was it. an incredible call. He called a really good game in that second half. Uh, he called a really good game in Arizona against Arizona State. I just feel like he's lost his rhythm, and 
you mentioned something. You said, you know, having LaVisca Chenault on the field doesn't just make things happen suddenly. They're not involving him in the ways that they could early on to then create the mismatches for the rest of the game. Like, I realize that the most valuable thing for this staff is LaVisca Chenault being a high first-round pick, and they don't want to get him injured. At the same time, they're actually hurting his stock by not allowing him to go and take over games. He, he's, take, he's got one game of over 100 rushing yards this year. Receiving yards. Receiving yards. Uh, like, that's not you, – you're hurting him in that way. They need to go out there and let him take over a drive right at the beginning of the game. And then, honestly, they did it against Arizona State, and then he got hurt, and then you know they went and yeah. won the game. Well, and they did it against Washington State, too. They got him involved early and then faded away. And, it, I mean, it, it did pump up that running game right away, though. Yep. All of a sudden, they could run the ball. They're, like, moving down the field, and it wasn't until later that they started to stall out. So I just think Jay Johnson is out of a rhythm right now. Um, I think it was the Oregon game. I don't think Katie Nixon had a touch in the Oregon game. If that's that might he be, was pretty invisible. I don't know if it was that's zero, true. but he was pretty invisible. Come on, like it is up to you to get those guys uh, the ball. Not because you know, don't tell me they were covered. There are ways to get those guys the balls without having to worry about them being covered or anything else. Uh, the Lavisca um, Wildcat. It just needs to be your short yardage thing. Like I realize you don't want to get him hurt. That's your short yardage play. It works every time. Stop overthinking. I was, I, I was just going to bring that up. It's like, imagine if you had a guaranteed three yards anytime you needed it and, uh, like, never, ever utilizing yeah. it. I mean, uh, um, imagine if you're Steven Montez. Put yourself in his shoes for a second. You're walking up to the line of scrimmage. What is the one thing you want to see more than anything else? LaVisca in front of you. one-on-one. Exactly. Exactly. Anytime that you see LaVisca in one-on-one coverage, that is the play. There is no excuse not to – you want to give him the slant, you want to give him the, the, the streak, whatever. You pick one of those two routes, he will be wide open. Have him run a comeback if he wants. He will be open. Like, that is what you're looking for. Like, don't, don't run the ball when you have that. Don't try to look somewhere else. Force them to double-team him every single play and then run the rest of your offense with the numbers advantage. I don't know if you do this when you're in the press box, because obviously when you're press box, you have such a better view. When I'm in the Broncos press box, and I look down and I see Cortland Sutton in one-on-one, I point it out every single time. Me too. Zach and Mace Me have probably too. heard it Me ad nauseum, where I go, Cortland Sutton, one-on-one, oh. don't pass this up. And yes. then, of course, they you know run a sweep to the other side. Or every something. single time. I'm sure you do the same thing with LaVisca. You every see him up time. there, the safety isn't shaded to his side, you say, LaVisca, one-on-one. And it just feels like it should be that simple. It is that simple. You see it, you call it, you play it. It's outsmarting yourself. It is. Um, but, I mean, I can't think. It's been at least twice that an announcer has circled LaVisca in one-on-one this year. And it's like, oh, they're going to go to him. And then they go, they go completely to the other side of the field. It's, I don't know if we will know until the end of the season, I mean, before the end of the season, just exactly how banged up he's been and exactly what's going on because to me it seems like like there has to be something that's causing them to not put him in harm's way with the wildcat stuff not just oh we don't want him getting hit but like it it seems like either he must have raised a concern or the coaching staff must have a concern that's more than just trying to like protect his draft stock by not having him take too many hits like it's just too odd to me that they're not using that play whatsoever it just doesn't I feel sense. like there has to I be mean, another reason. If here's what it comes down to: if the defense is in one-on-one coverage on Lavisca Chenault, you are doing something wrong as an offense. That should never ever happen. You you should be making that so clear on tape that they don't even try it once in a game. Right. 
Like it should never happen. Like that is a failure of either Jay Johnson and his play calling of Steven Montez and his decision-making when he's trying to figure out where to go with the ball, something, maybe LaVisca for not getting open consistently when he is in one-on-one coverage. Maybe he is not living up to the standards that he set for himself last year, but that would surprise me. You should be able to use LaVisca to take the top off the defense and KD to just go underneath that. All, like it really should be that easy. How many plays do you even need? Of two. Yes, yes. Like that's what I mean is like you you should put him in trips. Well, three, you need a couple you need a running you need a running play. You put RPO it. KD make the whole LaVisca, thing one RPO every K, play. Put KD LaVisca and Tony Brown in trips on the left side. Use Visca deep, Tony Brown intermediate, and, and KD short. And like someone should be open every single time. It really should be that simple. I'm not sure I've actually ever seen them in trips, those three. I feel like they're always on different sides of the field, but that would actually be a good formation. Yeah. (laughs) Be fun for us at least. Like the, I I just feel like Visca going deep and KD going on a drag should be like run at least once every series. Yeah. I mean that, that should be your go-to and it's this weird thing where it just seems like, I mean, you've talked about it on the Broncos podcast before, maybe not recently, but it just seems like offense is hard for Colorado Whereas for every other team, it just looks so easy. So true. Get the what, well. Which coach said get the ball to your playmakers in space? The was good this one. This one or the last one? I don't. I, I probably. But somebody it said Mac. it. And it's, yeah, I know. But huh. but then they went away from. Then then they were unable players to do that. Players make plays. Players win games. I heard. I heard Mel Tucker say something akin to players make plays in this press conference this week, and I I had a shudder. I had like a an acid flashback. I. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't it funny how as soon as a coach lo- starts losing, all of their phrases start to piss you off? Yes. Yes. Like, yes. What's, what's pissing me off is that Relentless, the hashtag, got bought by the Atlanta Braves. So now we're supporting the Atlanta Braves anytime anybody tweets Relentless. Know, but you still see oh. it. You still see, like, I don't know, like Rick George. You want to go tweet. back to Uncommon? Oh. I don't. No, you're kidding. Uncommon. That was McIntyre's how long? Huh. How long is it before my The Rise Uncom- is a Real Shirt is vintage enough to wear again? <laughs> uh, yeah. Give it five years? The sad thing is The Rise, uh, in fact, was not real. No. It was real that year. <laughs> it was more of a, a, like a, a quick blip. peak a blip. than a rise. <laughs> it was a blip. The blip. <laughs> okay. We don't need to get too long on that. Uh, it's probably time now to talk about Breckenridge Brewery. We love Breckenridge Brewery. We've all, I think, been drinking Breckenridge beers. Uh, I had the Autumn Ale. Ryan, did you also have the autumn ale? Three autumn ales. Well, there you go. Ryan is also wearing his agave wheat t-shirt. Jeez, I really went all in He today. came in in his Breckenridge camo hoodie. I went out to the Buff soccer game today in my Breckenridge... Winter jacket? Coat? Sure. And I don't know. Tyler Ziskin, which certainly <laughs> yeah, was Ziskin. an outlier, was also wearing a Breck brew hoodie. Uh, it was incredible. We are all the way bought in on Breckenridge beers, and you guys should be too. They're actually incredible. The Autumn Ale is super good. Colorado Core, it's probably almost the end of Strawberry Sky season, so you should probably get those Strawberry in Strawberry Sky season never ends. Well, there you go. Never mind. <laughs> Strawberry Sky I was trying forever. to create a sense of yes. urgency, but <laughs> nice. whatever. Uh, they have like a holiday one. What's the holiday one, Ryan? Uh, it's a Christmas ale. Christmas ale. I still want to try that. It's really good. Is it? It literally tastes like Christmas. I was gonna like, add, no it tastes Christmas. like a candy cane. <laughs> it just like it tastes like you know when you just like walk into like a winter cabin or something around Christmas time and it just all has the that cabins smell? in Montana are winter cabins. Yes, don't, yes, and it just smells a certain way. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, it's winter and Christmas and stuff. That's what it tastes like. Delicious. Yes. Okay. Well. I think that that pretty much sums up our feelings for uh, Breckenridge Brewery. 
Uh, if you want to try any of these beers, get to the beer locator on the... Forget that. If you want to try these beers, come to our tailgate tomorrow. Come to our tailgate tomorrow. Well, when is, is it getting posted tonight or is it getting posted in the morning? What do you mean? This will be posted in the morning. This so, will be the tailgate to tonight. Tailgate today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, okay, that makes sense. What time is the tailgate? Do we know? Tailgate's going to start around 3.30. 3.30? Um, come then if you want to meet me sober. Come around 5.30 if you want to meet me when I'm on one. You definitely do want to meet Ryan when he's on one. By <laughs> yeah, the sober thing like He's fun. He's fun when he's not on one. I'll probably give well. you some buffs scoops that i shouldn't be saying that is what we do with those things yes <laughs> ralphie okay. four murdered not natural content <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. it's more like every time i go to like a bsn or a dnvr watch party someone's like hey you said on that podcast one time if i caught you after four drinks you would tell me this i'm like oh i shouldn't have said that uh, but yeah here you go uh yes we will all be out there we'll have some of the dnvr crew I don't know exactly who. It kind of changes week to week. We'll be ripping flabongos all night. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to get there in time to do a flabongo, but still be responsible in time to actually do work. And maybe not. I've been really pushing the limits at the uh, Broncos tailgates. Just ah. really trying to see how far I can push it and still be a professional. See, but I have been pushing my limits, but as a fan at those tailgates, mm. where I'm like, eh, this is irresponsible even just be sitting in a chair. Like, <laughs> this is not safe for life probably should not be allowed to sit down right now and i don't even know what that means they, you can say anything you want about our company i just know no one has more fun than us so true because we go into the office and all of a sudden like 2 30 3 o'clock everybody just starts cracking beers we come to blake street tavern crack a beer or three and then record a podcast you know you can edit these things before you post yeah, them. but we me, don't Hank. we don't do that i know you don't but you can <laughs> all right okay that's the definitely we have the technology <laughs> uh we don't have the time though um moving so, along so much technology so little time <laughs> we good yeah we're good okay <laughs> that's the 2019 story right there <laughs> i have the technology to do whatever i want but just don't have the time to do it because i'm too busy on my phone like we could pr- like we could all probably become astronauts if we really wanted to, just from watching I know, YouTube right? videos, I assume. It's crazy. You, you start with the easy one, like, how does space work? Yes. And, then, and then you just graduate from that to, like, how do spaceships work? How to launch a spaceship. And then it just keeps building and building, just like that rocket ship in your backyard. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Oh, right. shit. <laughs> <laughs> we love that joke. <laughs> uh, this conversation's really taken off. Uh, okay. Taken um, off the rails. This might be our teaser. Um... If you also want to try the beer not at the wow, tailgate. that was bad. Sorry. I know. I was trying to find a transition to Total Bev. But we love Total Bev, too. And if you spend $25 or more, you can get 30% off with the code DNVR2019. They'll deliver it to you. Um, we're not having as much fun talking about this, but that doesn't mean they're any worse than Breckenridge Brewery. I just want to make that very clear. Um, <laughs> laugh into the microphone, Ted. Uh, <laughs> if I had laughed into the microphone, people would have thought that I was laugh- I was endorsing that. And also, uh, I would have gotten spittle on your on your microphone cover. I don't want to do that's that. That's fair. <laughs> We're, we might not have guests again. Total Beverage has <laughs> supplied many good times for me. Yes, there are so times many. when maybe you need a little bit more than a Breckenridge beer. And sometimes there are times when you can't go get the beer yourself. Have you ever it's used their delivery? That's the time. Yeah. Yeah. Getting uh, alcohol delivered is like extremely liberating. It's really like taking 2019 to whole new levels. It's like, wow, I don't even have to leave my house to get drunk. It's crazy. Like Uber Eats was one thing. I shouldn't have said the name. I should have said like food delivery apps. (laughs) 
pay us Uber Eats. Um, but yeah, having booze delivered just feels like something totally different. Like if I were having people it over, it feels like it's against the rules. I know, right? Yeah, like it totally. It's like does having feel a cool illegal. older sibling, but you don't have to like be nice to them. Yes. Huh. To get them that's to bring good. you alcohol. I, I never had any siblings. I'm just assuming that's I what it was. I have younger she siblings. She wasn't cool. <laughs> but they know I'm cool. Um, Anyways. I think, I th- I think though that pretty much sums up how much we love Total Bev. They also have CBD products. They deliver, like we said. I Legitimately, if you plan a party for nine, have booze delivered at 9.30, you will be the coolest person at the party. As long as you have something to start it out with. Use them. We appreciate them, and I think it's probably time Speaking to move of, like, on. like having parties and social lives and drinking and that sort of thing. Oh. How's the uh, how's your dating life going, Hank? Well, we got into this a little bit on yesterday's pod, but not enough Fill of the us other in, pods. We didn't listen. Okay, so basically, what I said was, uh, <laughs> "Hey guys, <laughs> uh, what what I said was it it was prompted by the way. This was not just me rambling this time. This time. <laughs> this time. We've gotten that to that place." through a ramble before um tinder in denver is scary is what it comes down to it's very difficult the people are a little like a lot bit of dominatrixes and stuff uh whoa Matrix- there's Mat- a dominatrixes <laughs> i think that's our dominatrix is a our dominatrix is a thing i don't know yes just, they are that's, they exist. Said, that's scary i don't that's what i pictured <laughs> there you go no not in that way in that like it's hard to just match with a girl who just seems like reasonable and you're wholesome you're from montana exactly maybe that's my problem but but what happened was i went out to oregon and the girls that i matched with there were just you're on the grind in oregon i love it like what else are you supposed to do for two hours on a no he was on tinder oh wow that hit a very specific audience i really appreciate that my audience thanks for having my back um but yeah it didn't hit henry's audience i don't think he knows what you're even talking about um Okay, I think he does. We're we're pulling up one of the girls I matched with on Tinder. All right, what's up, Emma? Yeah, so she uh she's a TV reporter. Okay, and like, I matched with her. She's a good looking young lady. Thank you. That's what I was going for by showing pictures, and and like that just doesn't happen for me. So what happened? How did the conversation go with Emma? Oh, <laughs> we're getting into the details. Well, I sent a message I hope she asking to like. What, what you Please don't job? reveal more than you want to. Oh, I won't. I want to reveal everything. Um, but but <laughs> I said <laughs> not in this conversation. Ugh. I wish you could see reactions. <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast because my uh, eyebrows just went way up we off need, my forehead. I want a podcast just for Tinder. <laughs> Ryan, can I have a Tinder yes, podcast? Okay, thank you. Off season. I swipe ten, right on that. Ten week series, weekly podcast. Just talking about Henry, my Tinder yes. life. Henry's modern life. I don't know if I have that much content from it. Um, the the point. What what was I asked? Uh, um, what was the con- how did the conversation like? go with Emma? Uh, I sent her hard eyes. Um, I said that was, that <laughs> was that's good. You are that's from you are from Montana. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you just throw it out there. Like you have to like make them. Something. And then it's like, what is what is like your dream job as a journalist? I felt like that was a good one. She said she wants to work for BBC as a foreign respondent. Asked me, and I said like, she likes BBC. No offense, Ryan. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness that was her move and i didn't pick up with her the, the end of the story is that she didn't message me back after i responded that was her move wasn't it no oh <laughs> i don't know if she's <laughs> on that many levels maybe maybe um, she is maybe that was the uh <laughs> <laughs> all right anyways henry yeah, so it, she wants to work fizzled. for bbc well and then i said like uh i explained I, I said i want to be mina kimes um with all the cool shit that mina Ki- that's first okay. one You're first, to do first, that. first i even said shoot today 
<laughs> Did you? I swear, like a sailor, and I said, "Shoot." Okay. Well, yeah, and then and then no response. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Hey, we com- we commend your effort. But thank if you. you. If you think Denver is bad, never live in Los Angeles. Would you say mm. it was Ever. closer to? Yeah, I was gonna say. I told him that. He did. We said, he did we tell had this me. conversation before the because he said he said the whole thing. I'm a I'm a Denver six and an Oregon eight. That was, that was the Henry's line. line from the uh-huh. podcast. And I said I had that feeling in a different way that when I, the first time I went to L.A. I was like, wait, everyone here has cool clothes and a cool haircut. Like, what do I have now? I don't have anything anymore. A podcast. You have, your, you have a podcast. Everyone there has a podcast, <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, too. Sorry to I, uh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a five in L.A., and I consider uh, myself like a solid seven and a half or an eight, at least in this town. Yeah. I think I'm a fairly good-looking person in L.A. I don't stand out whatsoever. You guys should check out Oregon, though. Okay. For real. Too much rain. What about Montana? What are you in Montana? You're like a nine in Montana. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say Henry, it look, okay, I'm more qualified to speak on this subject than Ryan is. Henry, Henry's like not a bad, he's like not a bad looking guy. Good looking guy. He looks, like, he looks like the boy next, he looks like the boy next door. <laughs> he looks like a guy you'd want to take home to your mom. I was told Definitely earlier that. by Ted that I'm going to be ID'd for the next 20 years. He is a youthful looking person. Yes. I didn't mean to insult you, but that I mean, will, that'll be a good thing be. in 20 years. Right they'll, now, they'll, they'll, like, fla- they'll use that to flatter you in 20 years. 52. Yeah, oh, he's going to hate that. He looks uh, he looks young and, and fresh. So. Remember when you said that I was supposed to tell him to not tuck <laughs> his shirt into the jeans? Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't do that. Oh. Okay, well, we had to roast him a little bit. Thank you for you, listening to that, Dean. We do love you. Uh, Henry's dad was here for a weekend, and I just adopted him as my own dad. And That's so good. did most of the company. Yeah. It turned into like this thing. I've Dean Chisholm. That's him. <laughs> Dean Chisholm. And Penny, shout out to Penny too. Yeah, we'll shout them all out. Okay, um, are we done? So with that's Tinder? Henry's uh, Tinder life update. update. What, what about so how are things? It's a weekly segment. Can we just get a quick update on how things are going for you in Denver? Oh, in Denver, I thought you were gonna go with Zookeeper. Um, well, I, what? I wasn't gonna directly reference Zookeeper. I didn't know if you wanted her to be brought up in this <laughs> podcast. I don't think she. Will. I mean, she doesn't know what it is. Know that's her name. <laughs> yeah, no, she doesn't. Um, Denver. You met her at the zoo. I said she was a keeper, zookeeper. There I didn't mean. Okay, her I at thought she was a zookeeper. I oh. bought a pass to the zoo so I could use it as a move. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Henry's, hey, Henry's girl, you want to go see some hyenas? <laughs> Those were actually the ones that we went up to and like stood there for forever. His yeah. actual pickup line was, massive. "You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals." Yeah. So let's go to the zoo. <laughs> and Eric sent me that saying, "You should play that song no, in the car." I sent I said, you. That. Oh, was that you? That yeah. was a good one. Eric had a worse joke then. Probably. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> he won't hear this anyway. He no, like he box. doesn't listen. We can make it the teaser. All right, so Denver. So your your experience with Emma on a scale of CSU game to Oregon game, where do you think it fell on the uh, the map there? More like a Washington State experience or Arizona? Maybe Air it was Force? it was horribly disappointing. Is she, is she hot enough that you're just happy she matched with you? Yes. Very so much then so. it's this not a total, it's not a total bit. loss. So it'd exactly. Be like, it'd be like if they Arizona played, game. It'd be like if they played USC down to the wire tomorrow night. Yeah, it was like a shot of confidence. Yeah. There we go. There's an analogy. We got it. Because look, here's the thing. It's not like playing you can't Air put Force stock in anything that happens in a conversation on Tinder. People just lose. People are like are like the dog in in, in up. They just see a squirrel and they completely forget about you and it's not your fault. I'm putting so that you can't in put my any Tinder stock. bio. I am the dog from you up. Can't put any, you can't put any <laughs> stock in anything that happens. All that matters is for at least one split second, she looked at you and thought, eh, yeah, okay. good enough. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, something cool happened in the football game. That was that little pause. Uh, so yeah, uh, Denver, 
cool place. Boulder, also a cool place. Too bad it's so expensive. Um, Blake Street Tavern, very cool. That's where we are. We haven't said that yet, but we are recording this at the Blake Street Tavern. The legendary Blake Street Tavern. That's where we all got beers and wings and stuff. But yeah, Denver's been cool. I like. I, I haven't missed a Broncos game yet, and I've planned to go to like one of them. But all of a sudden, you get to the tailgate, and the ticket prices fall. It's like 40 bucks to go to the game, and you're not making your best decisions. You're like, well, you might as well go see... Well, things are different happens. than they were. Ticket prices were not falling to 40 bucks at the tailgate a couple of years ago. No, You're they catching weren't. the Broncos at a time when it's very easy to get in. Have you been to any Avs games yet? I, I mean, I've been to them before, but not this season. No. Okay. Avs games are going up. Yeah. It's like 40 yeah. bucks at least. I, I, yeah. I, bought, I bought the family night, the family night tickets mm. just to avoid trying to deal with StubHub. That's how hot the StubHub market is for the Avs. It's crazy. Going on it Saturday is crazy. Night. It's pretty cool, though. Like, I wish I could go, but also it's pretty cool. Okay. Moving on to the uh, buffs. To the buffs. USC. Yeah, we. It's been what ten minutes since we last talked about the buffs. Probably time to uh, get back to it. You can edit these. This always has been <laughs> a lifestyle podcast. Yes. See, well, I it's need a life, one of it's those. A life, it's a lifestyle. Co- it's a lifestyle company, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> it's like you read our Twitter bios. I know. Um, okay. Uh, Did so, you change Welcome to the Family? Wasn't it Welcome to the Fam, and then it became Welcome to the Family? Or am I making that up? That's like what we, we can't comment on uh, company decisions. No. I feel like you made. I feel like that was a good. De- I feel like that Welcome was a good the decision. Just, it fits more. If it's more us. Welcome to the fam is very you. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. But I mean, sorry. do you think I could pull off saying fam? No, no way. No, you're from Montana. My family. Yes. Okay. Okay. The buffs. Uh, Colorado. Want to talk about USC? Tell us about them. So USC, uh, famously good at football. Uh, <laughs> lots of really good athletes. They don't like being called Southern Cal. No, uh, no. And with that in mind, I'm going to try to call them Southern Cal as much as I can in this segment. Okay, good to know. Uh, do we wanna, OJ Simpson. Do we want to say uh, count who can say Southern Cal the most in this segment? Yes, ready, set, go. Okay, uh, so Southern Cal, uh, plenty Ding. of injuries. Lots. <laughs> we can do sound effects on. The, we don't need sound effects. Um, yes, Southern Cal. Lots of. I don't Ding. get credit for that. Uh, don't do that. Uh, lots of injuries, lots of talent behind the injured players. You have just random guys, fourth string running backs who've never played before, taking eight carries for 105 yards and a he touchdown. Better than all of their other running backs. And then you put the other running backs in, and all of a sudden they'll look better too. It's like he was their last scholarship running back. What's his name? Uh, does it matter? Yes. He's gonna be gone halfway through this game anyway. <laughs> like that's the way this works. Uh, I'll pull it up. I should probably have this down. There we go. Uh, he is Keenan Kristen. Yep. Yep. And they just moved a receiver to running back because they were out of running backs for this week. It's He's just, going for 100 for Yeah, they're still going to run is. for 200 yards. Yep. It's just, it just doesn't. Well, they may not, not have to run the ball. They may just throw for I mean, 400. I love how um, literally Mel Tucker put it this week. He's just like, that's recruiting. Like, that they, is. They just have so many good players. And USC has been like that for a while. The weird thing is they like often have a hard time unlocking the quarterback position as of the last what five or so years. It's got to be coaching, right? Um, I don't know if it's that or just they just keep missing on guys. But like that's the one thing keeping them from being really good is quarterback. Is there is there second string or third string currently? That is currently their their quarterback. We are second. back to the second. Yeah. String, okay. Yes. Um, I just but it's just, the thing is they have enough depth at that position where you know their starting quarterback goes out in the first game and everybody's like. Oh boy, USC is going to be super vulnerable. And like to be fair, they haven't been great, but like also, they've been like fine. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like yeah. if 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 Steven Montez went out in the CSU game, 
depending on how early in the game he went out, we might we might not have a win. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Probably like, wouldn't. Quite true. Guess what? Caden Slovis, he comes out, looks like the true freshman that he is. Pull him in the first quarter because you got Matt Fink behind him, who is just as likely to tear apart any defense he comes across. That's a team that can bench a quarterback with a bad performance. None of their quarterbacks are tearing anyone up. They just throw it up uh, to wide okay. receivers who are five stars. Michael Pittman <laughs> Jr. They just go get it. Yeah, you That's just my like, nightmare hearing hearing last year in the Coliseum, caught by Michael Pittman Jr. for a touchdown. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they have so many wide receivers they who are good. They just keep going. They just keep going. Like, like Amon Ross St. Brown. His dad was like two-time Mr. Universe. Isn't he He's, Equinemius? Yeah, that's his brother, Packer. Okay. okay. No. Wait, I thought Equine- Wait, Equinemius is... Wait, which one's Equinemius? Is his brother. Okay. Yes, he's the Packer. The, the whole okay. family's just been trained and raised. Like, you know how Jamal Murray had to do that thing where like his dad would make him do push out, push-ups up in Canada in the winter yep. to like do that thing? Like or all he, those like, crazy did wall stories. sits with like a hot cup of coffee on his leg or something. Yeah, and he did so like... So many sports dads are complete psychopaths. Yes. And that's what I'm trying to get to <laughs> yeah. is that that is Mr. Brown. He no, is, yeah, well, he changed his name from like something Brown. He had like a normal name, and then he changed it to Saint Brown. And then is he that how that the, happened? Yeah, I've been speculating his, on the and podcast. Then he gives his kids all these like Greek, Egyptian god, god names. names yeah. No, like that's just Not how that family rolls. And like looking through these receivers, like six four two twenty, six two one ninety, six one one ninety five, six four two ten. Name their names because they're all household names. <laughs> Michael Pittman. Jr. Everyone knows him. Uh, his father was a Bronco. Yep. Yep. Amon Ross St. Brown. Yep. Uh, Drake London. Tyler Vaughns. Yep. Everyone, like, if you've watched the Pac-12, you've heard all of these names. Like, they've all had, like, three touchdowns in a game. Yeah. If, if, if you play Pac-12 fantasy football, you have all of these guys, like, oh, drafted play, in your league. And I'm dominating my league right now. <laughs> yeah. My, Why? Michael Pippen's other son plays for Oregon, right? Tony Brown? No. T- I mean, Tony Brown did win me two games. But uh, I've got Steven as my quarterback, which hasn't helped the last two weeks. No. Um... I've got what's his face Moss in Utah. I've got Max Borgie. Anyways, no one cares. But these Max like these, these guys are so talented. Like th- any quarterback could go in there and throw it up to these absolute monsters who win every route. It's that's why just, I can't. Uh, that's why I find it very hard to see a path to victory in this game. Hey, I I, I, I personally true. even yeah. RK is admitting it. I mean, the offense may have Montez may be good. Montez, maybe they score, maybe they score thirty-eight points. What's to say USC is not going to put up fifty? I just, I mean, it could happen. It could happen. Stranger things certainly have happened. It's only like what, like a two-touchdown line? What's the line? What's the thirteen and a half for USC? Um, I mean, I wouldn't put money on the Buffs. I'm actually not allowed to bet on any sports, not just the NFL. That's an interesting thing I learned. You freelance for the NFL? Because I work for the NFL, you're not allowed to bet on any sports, if you can wow. believe that. You're not even allowed huh. to enter a sports book during the NFL season. But wow. anyway, Why would that matter? Anyway, uh, I don't want to talk too much more <laughs> about that. But anyway, um, the point is, I wouldn't put money on the Buffs on the Buffs this week just because after the last couple games uh, and seeing the lack of depth they have in their secondary and who they're running out there against these receivers, I can't see anything that's going to stop USC from doing whatever they want anytime they have the ball. If I was betting on this game, if, if you are betting on this game, I'll talk to you, the listener. I would look at it this way. Me, very optimistic, blind Buffs homer, would be ecstatic <laughs> if the Buffs only lost this game by 13 points. We are officially back to 2014 ASU when they were ecstatic that they only lost to them by 14 points. Like, like 
that's how I feel about this game. Uh, I hate that I've reached here probably at about 5.30 tomorrow evening. Uh, remember that perfectly correlated with when I will be drunk. <laughs> that's when I'll start believing the Buffs are going to win this game. But there is n- there's no – I have no reason to believe that the Buffs wouldn't lose by three scores. I can't, t- I, can't, I can't talk myself into it no matter how hard I try, and that's really weird because usually I can – not the Oregon game, but usually I can at least – see some path to victory where, oh, if this happens, if this happens, USC would have to just be catastrophically bad on offense and everything would have to go wrong. It's not even like, like, oh, if their quarterback got injured. No, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's, it's just so tough to beat a team like that. Like again, while you guys have been talking, I've been half listening and mostly just marveling at this roster. Like just looking like one through five at every position, just the size it doesn't make sense. It's despicable that USC is as mediocre as they are. I don't really get it. Is like- I don't get it. I mean, let's just do this for the receivers one more time. I kind of start. 6'4", 220. 6'2", 190. 6'4", 210. 6'4", 190. 6'3", 210. 6'1", 195. 6'1", 205. 6'2", 210. Do they not have a single receiver under six feet on their roster? 6'5", 205. 6'2", 210. These are all guys. Like, they have a couple. Matthew Hokum's 5'10", 175. I'm guessing that's a little he slot guy a four, who will be two, open. Five. Yes. Like, they have those little guys, too. But just this size, like, it, <laughs> what do you even do? If the Buffs' secondary was in perfect condition, I'd be saying, like, eh, maybe. Maybe they can hang with these guys. The fact that they're basically down to Didi Goodson and Jason Espinoza in the secondary... <laughs> References I don't understand, but we'll laugh at. <laughs> I understand it them. I'm not, not laughing because it's too real. <laughs> it makes it not. It, it, I don't know. I don't like. I wish I could say it was gonna snow and that could throw them off. It's just there's oh, nothing. That would just hurt us more. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but it's pretty. It's pretty remarkable how bad I felt about this game going all the way back to like, really going back to Saturday when the Buffs got waxed the way they did and the Trojans destroyed Arizona, I was like, oh, they're figuring it out, which is what always happens. The Buffs never get the luxury of playing the USC early in the season when they're having their issues. It's like they always figure it out before they play the Buffs. But, uh, you know, I will say, if they win this game, it will be, to me, the biggest single upset that they've pulled since Oklahoma in 2007. Woo! Woo! I mean, I, I can't... Argue with me. Yeah, I have a hard time... Okay, let me think of some of the games. While you think about that, we are going to talk about drift car sharing. And uh, so drift car sharing, Ted, if you haven't heard, I basically haven't. they have a cool. lot at a bunch of different airports. What you do is you drop your car off at the lot. They shuttle you. It's like a five to ten minute shuttle to the Denver airport. And then they rent your car out while you're gone so you don't pay for parking. They pay you like whatever, 20, 30 bucks a day, whatever it ends up being. They clean your car for you even if you don't get your car rented out and then you just get to park for free. So instead of blowing whatever money you blow, you, you get to do that. You make money while you travel. Exactly. I like that idea. And then if you want to uh, rent a car when you're going somewhere, they have great prices because they aren't like with the big agencies or Fair whatever. Airbnb of cars. And of course, your car is insured by all states. So you don't have to worry about any of that. They take care of it. Uh, it's a great deal. If you want more information, go to drivedrift.com, and I bet you'll see Ted right there with you at drivedrift.com. There we go. Okay. Are we back? Thoughts, Ryan? Upsets. There hasn't been that many. Exactly. They've won the games they've <laughs> been supposed to win except for Oregon State, and they've lost the games they've not been supposed to lose except for, like, Oregon in 2016. 
Maybe and Nebraska last Nebraska year, but they weren't even that last good. Year. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy. West Virginia wasn't a giant upset. They had lost the week before. I mean, Arizona State was a ranked team on the road. That's what was tough. the line though? Like four game, like four points. I think it was like, I think it was like I don't seven remember. and a half. Okay, um, maybe even more. But yeah, this would be a, a huge upset. I wish, I wish I could like try and feel the fulsome magic. Me too. Like I really want to, and I will get it into me eventually. But usually, it happens the day before the game. And here we are inside 24 hours, and I I haven't been able to drum up the the dream yet. This is my only game this year, and it makes me very sad that I wasn't here for the Nebraska for the Nebraska game. And I you know when Folsom is full, and that's the other thing is it's not going to be completely full because well look at the last two weeks people aren't buying people aren't buying tickets, which is too bad. Buffs are one of the only eight teams in the country with 100 percent average attendance through their first three home games. Wow! Um, Credit Rick George for but, uh, retweeting um, that. But. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> For me, like, yeah, I think it was Kirk Herbstreet who said it's a special place when they believe. And that's the thing. Buffs fans will leave when it's bad in the middle of a game. They will not stay forever. But when people actually have their belief in them and they think the team can win the game, it can be a really special place. I'm hoping that we get at least some of that. Like in that 2014 Arizona State game that they lost by 14 points, they like cut it to three at one point and the place was going kind of crazy. Uh, is something to cheer about because the last two weeks there's been almost nothing to cheer about. So, so let's try and talk ourselves into this. What does the formula look like? How does CU give them a game? Henry, I, I saw your headline of the podcast today, so I know you've talked about this a little bit. What does it look like? Early turnover. You, you get the ball first. You go down the field and score. You pick off a pass and bring it back to the red zone and then score quickly, go up 14 nothing, and uh, the run game just, takes they off. They can't just bring it back to the red zone because they won't score a touchdown if they do that. They need to take oh, it all the way Oh, very true. Back. <laughs> you get to midfield, and then you throw a bomb to LaVisca Chenault. And I think that's what it comes down to. You have to, to get like, him involved. Exactly. Sure. LaVisca needs to step up. Katie needs to step up. Clearly, like it goes without saying, Steven Montez needs to be much, much better than what he was the last couple of weeks. I think that the, the time of possession has to be two to one. Like, yeah, somehow, some way you're just you're just running the ball really well and holding on to it. The problem is like the what you just said about their wide receivers. If you start reading off their defensive linemen, it'll be even more impressive. <laughs> I just while you guys are talking, they have 49 players listed on their defensive depth chart. Four are under six feet tall. Yeah. I mean, their defensive line is just composed of beasts. Yeah. So. You're going to have to have Not some, under like, six, three. I think it's going to come down to, like, Steven Montez converting third and six, third and seven throws to KD and LaVisca. Just a lot of things we haven't seen, but possess the ball. You have to possess the heck out of the ball because they've, if you keep giving them possessions, they're going to keep scoring long, lofty throw touchdowns. They've actually done an okay job with time of possession the last couple of weeks. They have run the ball. It's just been that inability to actually punch it into the end zone. I think you need an A-plus game from the offense, like, everybody firing on all cylinders and then you don't just need an a plus game from the defense Luck. you need some weird stuff to happen yeah. on defense punt penalties yeah. usc's had trouble with penalties recently that can that, that I mean, can kill drives that's one of the only yep. things that can kill drives that and turnovers like that's for, the only thing that's like, stopping them tomorrow if they're like in the first drive of the game if usc gets a holding on the first play and they're first and 20 will you have any con will you have any conviction that they aren't going to just go no get no. it on the next play yep no they i i will totally think they will you need to they could win time of possession it. and lose oh, 50 to nothing, know. by the way. USC could just score in two minutes every time. Ugh. Ugh. It's a, a lot easier to find your way to a dark place here than it is to find your yep. way to the light. There is. I, I mean, I want to hear what 
you were going to say you had an I interesting want for point. One time, one time, everyone to come back and be like, you didn't believe, and they won. Like I don't know if that's ever happened. <laughs> well, it, this would be the first time. Life. This would be the first time that you didn't believe, and they won. I think probably ever. Probably, yeah. We've actually been talking. You've this conversation has brought me more in line with a point that I wasn't inclined to agree with. You brought up before the podcast, Henry, about the significance potentially of this win if they were to pull it off yeah. compared to another game. And I want to hear you air that point out. I, I really do think that if if the Buffs win tomorrow, that is the signature win for Mel Tucker so far. Like Nebraska win, obviously huge. You know, uh, you, you, you you could throw Arizona State first road win in, since 2002. Years. Yeah, so 2002. First road win in 17 years. Against yeah. a ranked team, yeah. I mean... Obviously, very big wins. Good wins, too. Like, if, if we come out of the season and those are his two best wins, you're saying, yeah, those are good wins. Like, maybe he doesn't have the depth to back it up. You, you, you wish you had Air Force. You wish you had Arizona. I mean, there was a path to a bowl game that was pretty clear, and you didn't get that, but you did get some big wins. This would take the cake. Sure, you're playing a backup quarterback, but, again, a backup quarterback there is, what, a four-star? Probably not five-star. Probably a four-star. I mean, true freshman, but you just look at this team – they are outmanned. You want to say 22 positions? They're outmanned at 20, 21 positions. You, you give you give LaVisca the win? Not kicker. Not oh, kicker. Yeah. Or punter. What's so am I? So 24. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I mean. So what, 21 out of 24? Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, I don't They're know. They're outmanned like, at receiver, maybe, and receivers are the best position group. Yeah, if you're calling has. it a group, USC has the best yeah. receivers in the conference. Maybe in the country. Maybe in the country. Uh, no, not Alabama. Alabama. Yep. Alabama's Number two. receivers are stupid. It's not fair. All three of them should be first-round picks. Four. Four, yeah. Yeah. Devontae's oh. probably not uh, a first-round pick, but he would be the best receiver on most Pac-12 teams. Yep. It's – they're absurd. But USC is kind of up there in that category. I mean, you look through Michael Pittman. He's a guy people are going to want. Uh, Tyler Vaughn's definitely. Amon Ross St. Brown. Those are going to be big names. Maybe not in the draft this year, but eventually. Like, they just have so many good players that if you're able to actually beat them, especially with the history, 0-13 against them. Yeah. That's what makes it um, – it, That's the little thing the potential that catches you. for a, a, a signature win in my mind is just like you're breaking down all these walls. You're breaking down the ranked team on the road walls. You're breaking down the, the – uh, ASU on the road. I don't know if they've ever they had ever beaten ASU on the Not road. Not in Tempe. Yep. No. Um, you know, you're breaking down the USC uh, wall. That alone, I think, you know, you, you put that together and you could call that a signature win. I think it would be nothing short of of a, of uh, I would call Mel Tucker nothing short of a miracle worker if they if they won this game because they are it almost comically undermanned on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and against Nebraska, they had a lot more bodies back there and the reason that I initially disagreed with you about this would be big, a bigger win than Nebraska was because if Nebraska comes in and wins that game then the narrative is all about how their fans took over the stadium yep. and about how last year in Lincoln was a fluke and business as usual um, and it would have been a great mark of shame I think for the program the whole and the dominant story would have been that they allowed an opposing fan base to take over our stadium as we allowed that as a fan base to happen People aren't talking about that as much because they won the game and it gives you four years of bragging rights so over a program that for however much people want to hate USC, people hate Nebraska 25 times as much as, as they hate USC. People dislike USC. People, myself included, despise Nebraska football around here. And so 
I think that win was absolutely massive for the program and getting it started in the right direction. But this win taken in isolation, I think it would be more impressive. I don't know about bigger, it's but it would be okay. more impressive. Uh, first of all, for a second when you were talking about that Nebraska game, I this is normally where we sit to record free balling. I forgot I wasn't allowed to curse on this podcast. I almost cursed. Uh, <laughs> but that game was so huge, and it felt so freaking good to send all of those people home packing. But that was more important to us, to you and yeah, me. Yeah, you're Ted. right. I see From you're a going. national perspective, I think, you know, uh, the national – like on Saturday – on college game day, on Saturday morning, they would be talking about, hey, Mel Tucker might be for real out there at Colorado. They've had some rough patches, but now he's got a win over USC. He's got that win over Nebraska. He's got that win over ASU. Mel Tucker's really building something. I think that would be – I can hear him saying it now. Right. You and, know? and as an out-of-towner, that's how I see it. Like, like, I get the Nebraska thing. I was around it. I understand, like, the hatred. I Like, that is not lost on me by any means. But at the same time, like, the way that Colorado fans feel about Nebraska is the way that college football fans have felt about USC for forever. It's like, you, you are that, like, big brother that, like, you just have to be beaten. Like, for whatever reason. You know, for them, it's because they get all of that L.A. talent and they run with it and they dominated college football for a large part of their history. And so to bring them down is just such a big monumental thing. Like you said, nationally, two out-of-towners that the Nebraska win just doesn't resonate the same way outside of Boulder, I don't think. I think it definitely fair. resonates. I think Nebraska being a bogus 25th doesn't really tilt the needle any more than USC being 4-3 and three does. Like, I think those USC is probably a better team than Nebraska and would beat them yeah. pretty easily. Um, just because they're not ranked right now. Yep. Um, and Nebraska was ranked right then. This, I mean, people would, if if they win, if CU wins, it's a field rush, no question about it. And people would criticize it in the, in the national media because the USC is not ranked. But this would be an absolutely monumental win for this program. And the field rush would be 100% deserved. I will, I just have a very strict rule. No All, criticizing Always field rush. rush. <laughs> like just always, just if you if you win a game where they, uh, that you're underdog, just rush the field. I don't care. Why not? I know, I, but but like for me, just thinking that 24 hours from now I'm going to be watching USC play football is just like this weird thing. Like as somebody who grew up a sports fan, thinking like they're going to be out on that football field That's wearing those problem. uniforms, like wearing those helmets, like the same ones they've always had. USC, that's a big deal to beat that football team. Yeah, it would be huge. It's just, it's hard to talk. It's hard to see it. it. It's really hard to talk. I would say it would do a lot for my creeping existential dread that's been creeping up since the Washington State game. I'm glad we got into this. I just need to, I need to, I just need to address it because I think almost everybody, no matter how good you felt about the Mel Tucker hire, and I felt really good about it, when you saw the way they came out in that first half against uh, CSU, I think the Montana State game flashed in a lot of people's eyes. I think a lot of people went, wait, no, did we wait? Because that was a game everyone was expecting to be an absolute walkover. And in the first half, they were down right before halftime, and then they finally took the lead going into half. And I was just filled with this, like, terror. By the way, that got them that lead. Yeah. I was just filled with this, I was just filled with this, like, terror inside me that, oh, my God, what if we messed up another hire, and this is going to be another 10 years before we even have a chance to compete at this level, any level, again, 
And that all went away when they won that game and then beat Nebraska. And then even, you know, the Air Force lost, the Arizona lost, even the Oregon lost. They didn't do anything to me. But after the Wazoo game, it started to creep back in a little bit. And I just need to see him not lose this locker room. I need to see him pull this team together, and they at least need to play well. If they have too many more games like the last two that they had, I'm going to start getting concerned in that sort of deep existential way beyond just this season in terms of the direction of the program. So what I really want to see, I will take a moral victory in this game 100% if they go out there and play him close. Because that'll tell me that he hasn't lost the locker room, which could definitely be happening right now with all the players transferring out and with the two losses that they've just had and all the bad vibes from the media and the fans. He's got to find a way to keep them together. And if he can do that, I will admire the hell out of him for it because it's going to be a tough job. I, uh... I understand that feeling. I guess I I don't I'm not that worried about it yet. And the number one reason is just because of the talent. Like what he's throwing out there on defense right now is almost comical. It is. With yep. no disrespect to those players, I know they're trying their hardest and and I commend them for that. A lot of them, them are that. just like KJ Trujillo as much as he I mean, he hasn't played bad for his situation. The thing is, he's a freshman. Tariq Luckett is out there. Like again, a fresh. He, was he a fresh? Might be. A, he was. He was a receiver up until a month before the season. Yep. Like these are just guys who aren't ready to be out there. Mark Perry gonna be a good player. He's just. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. He's so eighteen. Cheeto wasn't great as a freshman. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's where I'm just like, well, I, what? <laughs> what? Uh, I, I I had that take. I said like, you know, these these guys like Cheeto probably wasn't great, and then immediately people on Twitter were like Cheeto, Cheeto actually was good. Okay, he flashed. But people, but he would get picked. He would get picked on from time to time yeah. as a freshman. He was not what he became. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth Crawley was thrown out there as a freshman. He ended up being like a decent NFL player for a while. Uh, they were just targeting him all the time when he was a freshman. So they are ready to be out there. I have to give Mel the benefit of the doubt because when he had a healthy team, they were putting together some wins. Now you're seeing what happens when you don't recruit well and you have no depth and. That's the and that's the hole that they're in right now. That's the other thing that's scaring me is that recruiting has not been at the level that Mel Tucker was maybe overselling what he was going to be able to do right off the bat because it's a lot to turn around and start bringing in the types of players that they used to bring in here. I mean, there's rumblings that I, there's rumblings that I won't get into about one thing that if it did happen would be fairly would be fairly major if it did happen. If you're on the boards, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't. Alfano. I have guesses. Uh, see that Alabama guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. You don't know about this, Ryan? No, no. His last six followers are like all CU people. And Let's Adam go. has even said there's smoke there. So that's like a guy that was like one of the top recruits last year. That yep. would be a huge get. But uh, to this point, they haven't bring in the kind of guys where I'm like, yeah, I'm really seeing that there's going to be a major change in the amount of talent that we have around here. Well, you got to hit the transfers hard. I mean, first yeah. of all, the class looks better than an average Mac class. And it's year one. Like, I'm again... I'm, I understand your concerns. I'm Mr. Chicken Little. The sky is falling in my head a lot of the time. So I understand I might be overzealous here. No, but I think it's it's fair. Like, how could we not feel that way yeah. at this point of being a CU fan of, you know, upwards of 20 years of bad coaching, bad recruiting, bad quarterbacks? Like, at some point it does have to turn, but you're always going to feel like like what your one thing going wrong yep. from it being all all like that all over again. So I understand where you're at. I'm just trying. Like I have to give Mel the benefit of the doubt, just because, sadly enough, like he is in the position that Embry was, where you're just throwing out warm bodies on defense and just saying, like, please don't screw up. Yep. And and this class isn't done yet either. Like, no, like it's not. If if they bring in a Shad Clayton, boom, 
all of a sudden you have a new number one. Like that bumps everything up. And if you get a senior, a fifth year senior grad transfer quarterback, that bumps it up, which they probably need to do. Yeah. But yeah. And I've heard good things on that front. Yeah. So the transfer portal works both ways. Hopefully they can rate, hopefully they can rate <laughs> some people. It's not Let's a one way street. Definitely not go down that road, <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> It's true. The transfer portal can benefit you just as much as it can hurt you. Yep. And and I think they're going to be pulling guys from there. I think they're going to patch their defense with guys from there. I think that that must be the plan for next season. Like this class isn't done after the season. I think a lot of things continue to grow. Um, it, it's just I know. I'm just saying this game would go a long way towards allaying yes, that creeping would. CU fan not in my stomach that I think most of us are familiar with that we're going to be bad forever. Yeah, <laughs> especially I mean you get you, you get a recruit down on that sideline while they're beating USC. I mean that's the reason they get the Brandon game Rice. Is huge. Yeah, Brandon Rice huge. is out there for the Nebraska game. Like it's it's just the perfect situation. You need to get a couple of these wins to pull guys. Like Nebraska win equals Brendan Rice. USC win, who knows what that equals, but it could be somebody. Yeah. Stanford, that's when Ashad Clayton's coming to town. If, if you do that in front of Ashad Clayton, they, I mean, Stanford's they not that good. Like, honestly, Neither that's more scary than anything. Uh, I'll be at that scary. game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on USC? We, we got we to gotta get something positive going here. We can't end like this. You, you very potentially have the best player on the field. The yes. USC is wildly inconsistent. They lost to BYU on the road. They lay eggs. They can do it. They have it within them to blow this. It's just that they're going to have to blow it. It's not just going to be CU taking this game from them. Both you, things have to happen. USC is 4-3. and three. They're 4-0 and oh at home. They're 0-3 oh on the yep. road. Let's go. Let's there go. You go. That's what's going to do I'm back, it. baby. We're hashtag, pa- hashtag Pac-12 after dark. And Friday nights, I believe there's a 5-15 and 15 road teams on Friday nights in, pa- in the Pac-12, the last 20 games, I believe. There well, you go. I'll tell you one thing that's not working in our favor. The black, 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 all black uniforms. What? Okay. The, you know what? Quick discussion because I know you like uniforms yeah. as well. What have they been doing? What have they been doing with their uniforms this year? The decisions have been just terrible. Really? Okay. I like um, classic at home against Nebraska. Yeah. That makes sense. Even though I still would have gone gold, black, black in that game as an homage was, yeah. to 62-36. Yep. But, okay, I'll, I'll live with that. Why go uh, gold, black, gold against Air Force? You mean uh, black, silver, black, or whatever oh, they were? That, that, yeah, that's what they – what was the other home game where they went – They uh, went gold, black, gold. They went the traditional – They went gold, black, gold against Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Why? I don't know. In 2016, they did it a bunch of games. It's their, it's their standard combo. It looks good. Okay, then that's fine. I'll let you defend that. What the hell was white, white, gold this last That was weekend? awful. Okay. I thought yep, they were going yep, white, yep, white, white, yep. white. When they went out in the gold pants, I was like, what are we doing that here? Was ex- they, they, I thought they advertised Ugh. white, white, Me white. Me too. I mean, but they wore, they wore the, the best road combo against Oregon. Which is oh, gold, gold white, 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 black. black. Oh, gold, white, black. That's right. I don't know. Gold, white, white against ASU was fine. That's I don't think fine. they've been that bad. Okay. I can't live with... Um, the last week was trash. I tweeted that. I'm with you. Yeah, those were. I tweeted it was trash awful. emoji. That was they, what I said. Yeah. Um, if you're going black jerseys, black pants, gold helmet, gold or helmet. silver helmet looks really? great too. You don't like silver the black, helmet. black, black. Here's the, here's black, why. black, black is fine. The Buffs have never They've once never won. won okay. where, I mean, there is that part. And but also, just, everybody does that. More, more in 2015, 2016, every team was trotting out an all black alternate, and it just got very boring. Black used to be like, see, you had the market cornered on that. And, and then gold, black, black it, yeah. is the best uniform Ever. in sports. With the high white socks. <laughs> yes. Ooh, yep. Best uniform in sports. 
So that's bold. It's no, very it's bold, not. but I'm not going to disagree with Ryan <laughs> on a DNVR show. <laughs> it's the best uniform ever, and I it just hurts me that. Yeah, they, they may not, not wear it all this year. We'll see. Like that would actually kill me. They might wear it for Washington or Stanford, depending on the time of the game. We'll see. Maybe Stanford. Like wear it in a one that you can win. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Actually, Matt Hansen, my 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 buddy, was saying, you know what? It's a good thing they're not going to besmirch gold, gold, black, black, wearing it for this game. They're like, oh, we're going to lose anyway. Might as well roll out the loser uniform. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a scary. One more note. Um, USC is 12-11-1 in cold weather games historically. They define cold weather as... In, in LA, let me guess, it's under 60. Under 50. Oh, that would be too tangible. Where the cold temperature had such an impact on the game... That it was mentioned in the media's game recaps. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's so platy. I will I say, it. in, 20 th- <laughs> in 2013, it was absolutely freezing. They were down 30 nothing at halftime, and I left. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I left at halftime. Didn't seem to hurt USC at all. It hurt the buffs a lot. I had a <laughs> full-on fireball blanket inside of my body for that game. <laughs> yeah, we're, Wow. I'm glad it's going to be kind of okay tomorrow night because I'm very soft because of L.A. now. I can't handle cold weather anymore. <laughs> all right. I think that that's everything we have for you guys. Um, definitely check out our tailgate today. It starts at 3.30. Game is at 7. seven. There we go. And you can watch it on ESPN. Two. Two. And Zeus. on the call. That's going to be awesome. Oh, I'm so excited to meet him. I'm going to search him out. There, who else Who else is on the call? Uh, Lewis Riddick. And, does not matter. Dave something or other. Not Dave Pash. Not Dave Pash. <laughs> not Dave Pash. Ooh, here's a fun Dave Pash story. Now we're spiraling. No, uh, no. Save it for another podcast. Oh, okay, I do need more content. Tune in next time for a fun Dave Pash story. It involves my phone case. Okay. Okay. There's the tease. Uh, that's it for today. Definitely leave some comments on the show, and we'll read them. I will read them alone on Monday <laughs> when I record this podcast. You're gonna do a post game pod, aren't you? Yes. If you have something for the post game pod, we can do that then too. Okay. That's it. Good night. See you guys. Bye. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And boat is where we station, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you, hit you, hit you. Hey, hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.
Daily Tribal, Big 12, here we come. We ain't worried about arrival. If you want to come and get it, we'll wait for your arrival. When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival. Why you make it, why you make it, yeah, you better bring your Bible. Quick deck, blind side, flat line, no revival. Get them bust, get them bust, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in it, play. Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.